Welcome to the Family Law Now podcast. I'm Russell Alexander. Today we're going to talk about Christmas access. Um, lots of excitement for kids at Christmas time. Also lots of confusion and hurt when access goes wrong. Uh, I'm here with two very experienced family lawyers. Nafisa. Hi everyone. Welcome. Thank you. Nafisa's joined us before. And also one of our more popular uh, guest speakers, Adam. Yeah. Hello everybody. So we've kind of got all the religions uh, covered off here. Adam didn't want to talk about this, but Nafisa, you're Muslim, right? I am, yeah. So what celebrations do you do during the Christmas? Well, I just enjoy the holidays. I don't really um, have any particular routine. I just uh, spend time with my family. I like to uh, go to the malls and uh, just be part of all of that fun. That's about it. Great. Adam, you're Jewish, so what, what, what does your uh, yeah. holiday celebration entail? So we don't celebrate Christmas, we celebrate Hanukkah. So it's eight nights when we light the candles every night. And um, we usually give some gifts to people just right. to kind of, you know, share into the Christmas spirit. Um, it's very similar to Christmas, you know, we enjoy a lot of family time and um, just spending time together right. and, and, you know, enjoying the time off. And for many Catholics and non-Catholics, um, in North America, a lot of people celebrate uh, events December 24th, Christmas mm -hmm. Eve. They may go to church, they may not. Christmas morning is always a big uh, deal for our clients. Mm -hmm. It's usually when the younger kids wake up and open presents under a tree or something mm -hmm. of that fashion. So what I want to look at today, <coughs> because lots of our clients um, experience conflict over the Christmas holidays. Mm -hmm. I usually find that you know, newly separated parents are sometimes the ones in most crisis. Yeah, I agree. Once we get you know, a status quo established or an agreement in place, um, things start to settle down. So let's take a look at it in sort of three parts. Let's look at newly separated uh, parents, parents that have an agreement, and parents that want to change the agreement. Mm -hmm. So Adam, you get a client come, who comes in, usually it's the week before Christmas, and they want some kind of urgent relief mm -hmm. from their lawyer or the court, and they haven't started a Christmas, yeah. or sorry, they haven't started a court application. Mm -hmm. If it's mom or dad, what do you say to them? You know, this is a big deal. Yeah, Christmas is, is often a very contentious issue for a lot, of, a, lot, a lot of our clients, especially the ones who come in right away. Um, what we would want to do is try to get in touch with the, either the other person or the other lawyer to try to see where the other person is in, in this situation as well. You know, the client may really value time on Christmas Eve, and that may be where their tradition lies, and they may not be as focused on the actual Christmas day. So if that's the case, we would want to get in touch with the other, either the other individual or the other lawyer on the file and you know, say you know, you know, what are your client's intentions regarding the upcoming Christmas holiday? Uh, these are you know the important things for my, for our client. Um, you know, what what do you think your client would have to say about that? And try to work out some sort of an arrangement. Ideally, the best case scenario is is when we can work out an arrangement with right. the other person or or the other lawyer rather than have to you know fight it out. And that's always what the client would prefer anyway. So let's throw in the FISA curveball. Mm -hmm. So in the FISA, let's say there's no court action. Mm -hmm. The other spouse doesn't have a lawyer mm -hmm. and is being unresponsive. Mm -hmm. And there's, let's just also assume there's no status quo, meaning there's no parenting arrangement in place. Mm -hmm. Fairly new, fluid mm -hmm. uh, separation. Mm -hmm. What do you tell your client, mom or dad, mm -hmm. you know, when they're saying, uh, I want 
to experience Christmas with my children, mm-hmm. Christmas morning or Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. What advice do you give them or what remedies are available when it's sort of crunch time? Right, well, um, I think that status quo is important. I think that, number one, I would see whether the client has any sort of communication with the other side. Are they able to talk to the other party? Um, you know, And sometimes they're not, and maybe email is the best way to talk to the other side. Um, I would suggest to try to, to see if they could communicate with each other before I take any measures. Right. So I always try to see, um, I'm a negotiation-based lawyer, I don't like to litigate right away, and if there's a possibility to try to iron issues out amongst the parties, I always tell the, the clients to try to do that. If that's unsuccessful, if the other party is unresponsive, at that point I would try to send a letter um, providing the other side with a, um, a schedule that, that my client would like to see implemented. So right. start with some parameters. Um, if that letter goes um, sort of unnoticed, again, we are in crunch time. So and then I don't see this as, unfortunately, an emergency situation. Um, I would t- tell the client. Our clients would probably say it is. It absolutely, in the client's eyes, it is. But um, unfortunately, in the court size, I don't see it as an emergency um, access situation. Um, emergency Emergencies in family law are very, very critical, urgent matters, such as the other side is fleeing with the kids and at the airport, right? That right. would be seen as an emergency. Every judge has a different view in terms of what's urgent or That's right. Emergent. It's a very high threshold, and unfortunately, something like this I don't think would meet that test. Great stuff, Nafisa. So you, you threw a lot of stuff at it here. So let's break it down for mm-hmm. our listeners. When you say status quo, that's a a legal term lawyers throw around a lot. Mm -hmm. For newly separated parents, what's status quo? Right, there isn't one. So like I said, I think it would be important for um, the parties to talk about what they're expecting. Right. And you also talked about sort of the the idea of an emergency motion. Now, an emergency motion is something lawyers can bring to a judge's attention in very short period of time. It's usually done without notice. And then um, some judges uh, take different views in terms of what an emergency is. That's right. And that's what you're talking about. That's exactly it, right. Um, I don't think Christmas access would fall um, or meet the threshold for um, what uh, judges would see as an emergency. So you're looking at trying to resolve this without the help of of a judge at this point because it's crunch time. So what we sometimes do is we look at, you know, what occurred last year? Can we keep the routine the same for the children? and uh, put some band-aids on it to get you through the first separated Christmas, Mm -hmm. so to speak. All right, so let's take it up a notch. Let's say um, people uh, are in court but do not have an agreement with respect to Christmas. Mm -hmm. Um, Case case management judges sometimes recommend Christmas rotates. Uh, Every family's different. Sometimes, like Adam was saying, uh, the 24th is uh, an important day and for other families. Mm different days are important. So let's say there's no agreement. Mm -hmm. Um, You're in case management, which means you've conferenced the issues. Mm -hmm. So Adam, what do we do next? If we want to bring a motion, how does that work? What clients can expect? And what usually happens for these Christmas access motions? Right, so just before we jump into the motions, when you talked about the case management, so the goal of the case management is to come up with it with ideally agreements on the issues throughout the court process. You're getting recommendations from the judge and when it comes down to it, you have to. it's very important to turn your mind to things like holiday access, Christmas access. 
you know, even if you're in court in the summertime, you may not be back in court until after Christmas. So, uh, you, you, it's That's a it's, great point. It's you're four or five months out, but yeah, know, as lawyers, we know this is going to be a problem. Potentially. Right. So it potentially may be a problem. So it's very important to turn your mind to that that potential issue down the road. So once you're in court on that date, you know everybody's going to be together. You're going to be in the in the hopefully in the mind of, of settling the issues. Um, to turn your mind to, you know, what are we going to do on the 24th? What are we going to do on the 25th? And, and in fact, what are we going to do the entire one week or two week break right. that the child may get from school? So, so that's the perfect situation. But you and I have had cases sure. where the judge makes a recommendation and it might be a common one is we're going to rotate Christmas morning. Mm -hmm. And one parent um, says, no way, you know, Christmas morning's mine. I'm not sharing. Yeah. You know, then What's next? Sure. So if that's the case and the parties are unable to agree on a, a schedule or a routine for the Christmas time uh, break, um, there may be no other option but to bring a motion, ideally not as an emergency, just a simple motion before the court, um, giving yourself enough time to do so before Christmas time. So if the, if the, party come, the, the client comes in, you know, December 15th or 20th and says, you know, I want to see my child on this date, it may be too late at that point. But right. If they come in, you know, um, far enough in advance to be able to bring that motion before the court, these, the, the court and the judge would certainly hear it, not as an emergency, and be able to deal with it right. at that point. Mm -hmm. And motions court, Christmas motions court, let's set the stage. What's that like? You know, you come into the court, how big's the list? Um, hopefully not too, too, too crazy, but um, I think for family lawyers, uh, we know that uh, Christmas access is a, is a huge issue and uh, lots of um, people have contentious matters and, and aren't able to um, adequately prepare for the holidays. So it, it can be busy, but it really depends because um, sometimes I've been at court and it's been completely silent and, and not very many uh, files on there. But other times it's like, you know, you're 20, 20 motions ahead and... Uh, the, the judge has to sift through that list. So right. it really depends. Just, you're sorry, taking a just, risk. If I could just yeah. jump in, just another thing to, to turn your mind to, when you're having discussions with the other, the other parent, uh, it's very important to be reasonable, right? Yeah. So if the other parent is asking for, you know, half the day on Christmas Eve or half the day on Christmas Day, and there's no, really no reason to say no, you, right. you, you sh really shouldn't say no. Um, again, if it comes down to it and you are going to end up in court, um, whether that be through, you know, case conferences or through a motion, and you're not being reasonable, then, you know, you may have to pay for that, ideally, right? So, um, it's Pay very, for it in the sense that the judge is going to order costs or... Potentially. The judge may order costs for being, you know, if you're being unreasonable. Um, and you, you really may look bad before the court uh, if you're unwilling to be reasonable to the other parent. Yeah. And I also say with motions, you also have to think about your children, right? I mean, you're um, your parents and you're going to be battling in court for, for holiday access. And, and I think that you really have to keep your children in mind and try to see how you can, um, you can sort of accommodate the other spouse as well as the other spouse has to see how they can accommodate you. It's child focus. You don't want to be ruining your children's Christmas in right. while litigating in court. And really it's about the children. Unfortunately, we see parents take this win-lose mindset over right. Christmas holidays. If you take the money, you're going to pay your lawyer the three, four, five thousand dollars $5,000 to argue a motion in court. That could be spent on Christmas gifts. That's right. Yep. Or uh, education fund. That's right. Great tips. And I've been in motions that week before Christmas where there's motions. Um, 
dealing with other matters, not Christmas. And I have specifically had judges uh, tell me, we're not dealing with this today. You know, we're focusing uh-huh. our resources on trying to get these families through Christmas because right. the list has got 40 or 50 items uh, matters. They've split the list up between two, three judges, and they're just trying to accommodate mm-hmm. sort of this flood that always comes in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we see it coming. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think Adam's tip, uh, you know, in June or July when you're working on other issues, if you can turn your mind mm-hmm. to Christmas, is a great one. Right. Yeah. Don't leave it till the last minute. All right. So let's say we have either a court order or a separation agreement in place that talks about Christmas. And we see this sometimes, you know, when the children grow up, their views change, uh, homes change, uh, people repartner, the new partners want to be part of the children's activities on Christmas Day or throughout the holidays, whatever you're celebrating. What do we, how do we change that? Um, if, if we have a client in the visa mm-hmm. who wants to change an existing green agreement, what's the process? Mm-hmm. So first I always see uh, if, if, if we can negotiate outside of court. So I always try to see are, are there ways for us to find a resolution without having to file anything with courts. So I would usually send um, the other side a letter providing them with what I would like to see change. So if it's a separation agreement, I would do sort of an addendum to that separation agreement if there are agreed upon terms. Um, If it's an order, we could do um, a motion to change on consent, for example. So I always try to canvas, you know, what can we get achieved without having to bring a, a contentious sort of application. If there's no resolution, once we've tried to negotiate the changes, I would uh, suggest that you, you bring a motion to change and you deal with it through through the courts. Right. And Adam, we've seen these uh, clients who sometimes come in and say, well, uh, I'm just going to keep the kids. You know, I, she, the other spouse has had them all the time. Mm-hmm. My, I'm just going to ignore the order. Mm-hmm. Well, we would always advise our clients to, you know, follow the order no matter what it right. says. Um, even if it's not in our, our client's best interest, it's, it's always important to do so, um, like we talked about before, because you know if it does end up in court and you're not following an order, there, there will be consequences, and we don't want that for our clients. Right. Mm-hmm. Another question we sometimes get is, um, what is Christmas holidays? You know, is it the last day of school till the kids go back to school in the new year? Are we only looking at the weekend? How do we, you know, what are we sharing here? Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to, and that that's the role of the lawyer to make sure that the terms that they um, draft are very clear, um, clear and mm-hmm. concise and, right. and that uh, provide, you know, assurance that, you know, this is what we're talking about. We're talking about the last day of school up until the first day they go back. So it's really the, the lawyer's job to make sure that there's clarity. Yeah, getting a very detailed agreement or order is essential. Um, And that's sort of the default position. So if there's no agreement, like Adam says, you need to follow the order. That's right. But that doesn't mean you can't be flexible. So let's say somebody's family plans change or there's weather or other things that haven't, you know, let's just say there's a chance to go on a holiday. You can still accommodate that. The other spouse can still make reasonable accommodations. Yeah, Yeah, the order is there for the parties to follow. But if the 
if the two um, parties agree that they're going to vary a few things either for one year or for the future, uh, they can always do so. Yeah, mm -hmm. great. But it's important for them to do that, you know, to be on the same page and ideally to get to get all that information in writing in case it ever comes down to right. being a contentious issue. And it all boils down to communication and making sure that you have a cordial relationship even though you're separated, that you're able to communicate with the other side and that you take into account the different reasons for trying to um, ask for a variation. Is this going to, are the children going to benefit from it? Right. And if so, you know, what are my reasons for saying no? Am I being vindictive? Am I, do I still have anger issues? Mm -hmm. um, and if, if those are the, 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 the reasons why you're saying no, then I would suggest to my client that they need to rethink it and mm -hmm. really try to, to refocus their energies on their children and what's in their best mm -hmm. interests. Right. So, you know, we've got clients coming to us with these problems. I think it's important for our listeners to be mindful that you don't always need to go see a lawyer mm -hmm. to address Christmas uh, access or time sharing. What are some of the other non-lawyer options that are out there? Mm -hmm. Well, obviously, best case scenario is that the two people can just have these discussions on their right. own, right? Um, Even with the assistance of a family member or somebody, a friend. Yeah, a friend, a family member that the two people can trust uh, to be kind of, kind of, you know, a middle person to be able to assist them in the in the situation. Um, that's what we would always advise. Can you, know, can you two figure this out on your own? And then if right. not, then we can look at different options. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And also, I mean, there are all other alternate dispute resolution mechanisms available. There's mm -hmm. mediation, for example, and there are great mediators out there that are able to assist in narrowing the issues and, and coming up with sort of an agreement temporarily. So um, how is a mediator different than a lawyer? Well, a mediator will um, works with both parties and represents sort of both parties in a way um, and tries to find resolutions um, for both parties. So what they would do is they would try to find solutions, speak to both parties. They would be representing sort of um, both individuals and in trying to, to get to an agreement. A mediator cannot um, draft a separation agreement. So what right. comes out of a mediation is something called a memorandum of understanding. It's not a binding document, it's just um, sort of a document that says this is what we discussed um, and for that to be binding you would have to get that into a separation agreement right. which would be executed by both parties. Great. And drafted by a lawyer. That, yeah. Well, not necessarily, but... Ideally. 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 Yeah. Having some independent legal right. advice on it as well. Great tips. The other thing uh, we do a lot is we use parenting coordinators. Mm -hmm. that are specifically trained to deal with these kinds of issues. Mm -hmm. uh, social workers, or sometimes we call them a family neutral. Mm -hmm. So the lawyers will bring in these other professionals to assist the clients. Uh, one of the benefit is that professional's expense is shared equally, usually between the parties. That's right. So both clients are not paying their lawyer's hourly rate to work out what time on the 25th the drop-off mm -hmm. is going to be. Mm -hmm. But they're also trained to deal with communication and emotional issues. And mm -hmm. for a lot of families, Christmas is inherently an emotional time, right? Mm -hmm. We're reliving our childhood or what went right or wrong, and our kids are kind of exposed to that. Mm -hmm. And it's just a supercharged time of the year for everybody. Especially newly separated couples who have to deal with Christmas for the first time. Right. right. That's right. Who um, haven't turned their minds to it until recently before the holiday. So what are your views, Adam, of social workers or parenting coordinators? Yeah, we, we've started to use um, you know, these third parties a lot in our practice. Um, a lot of our clients like to have you know, that unbiased third party who, 
who who they can talk to, who will understand kind of their emotional feelings. Um, you know, we're we're trained in the law, but these individuals are trained in how to how to assist these people really through the emotional and that that connection. Mm -hmm. So, uh, a lot of our clients find that it. Um, beneficial to be able to have these discussions with these individuals, kind of get their opinions, their recommendations, and, and work out a solution that way mm -hmm. um, with the other party involved mm -hmm. um, that really works on what's best for the both parties. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think with the, with the family professionals um, out there, they provide the clients with tools um, for communication, right? And um, they really do help um, with long-term um, communication issues that may arise. Um, the other benefit is that they're at a much reduced rate, so the family saves money. Great stuff. Excellent. I think this is really going to help our listeners. Um, in terms of closing comments, um, I think we need to be mindful that last-minute changes in the schedule can really upset a child because their expectations are built up. They think they might be seeing mommy or daddy at 3 o'clock and all of a sudden they don't see them for a week. Uh, that can ruin a child's Christmas. Uh, rushing to court to get an order can ruin the family's finances. That's right. Mm -hmm. um, so the more accommodating you can be, even if it means you have to give up something or mm -hmm. compromise, I think mm -hmm. is better off for the children right. and families in the long run. Any final thoughts, Adam? I think we've touched on everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For me, I just want to remind people, just focus on your children. Um, focus on uh, making sure that you're providing them with the experiences that um, th that are pleasant, and it's Christmas. So uh, get rid of that anger sometimes. That's mm -hmm. important yeah. to just, you know, remember, remember your children and all of this. Great tips. Thanks, guys, for joining me. This is a really uh, important subject for a lot of families. I hope our listeners have found it useful. Stay tuned for the next podcast of Family Law Now coming soon. Happy holidays, everybody. Each year, Russell Alexander Collaborative Family Lawyers has a toy drive. Uh, we've been running this for a few years now. We're supporting local shelters, Bethesda House, and a place called Home. We're asking for new unwrapped toys be delivered to either our Lindsay or Brooklyn office. The shelters are reporting that they need toys for children ages 13 to 17. Some items that are going to be useful if you feel like donating are sports equipment, art supplies, games, movie passes, gift cards, purses and backpacks, makeup and perfume. So thank you for everybody who's donated in the years past. Uh, this has been a great project. I'm wishing you a happy and safe holiday.